Okay, now we're live. <laughs> now we're live. Now we're live. Oh, Episode yeah. 52, Greg. It is 52. It's 52. That's that. Yes, it is. It is. July, you know, this, August, September, October, 52. Yeah. Welcome, all you listeners. And, you know, this is our last normal episode of the Thrivecast, right, Greg? That's right. We got a, We got two more. Well, our last for this oh. year. Right, okay. Wait, so you, what's the next? What's the, what, wait, are you telling me we're pulling the plug? Is this, <laughs> no, is this the way this you're This is gonna... the show where we're all fired. No. <laughs> so what's in November? What, what's no, our Thrivecast well, in November? Uh, November is the month of the uh, Deeper Weekend. 2015, right. and every year for the Thrival birthday party, we do a live Thrivecast at the at that bar. At the, is it going to be at that same bar this year? Yeah. What's yeah, that place called? The it's Barley's. Barley's at Barley's we, bar. So we're gonna we're gonna do that again. The we play live, pool and stuff like that, and some foosball. I've got some mad foosball skills because I bought my own foosball uh, table this year. So people are gonna uh, watch me drop the thunder on that before <laughs> so, we drop so, the thunder on so the five. So bring your stack of quarters. That's right. Doesn't it, isn't it a quarter to play? No, I think it's free. I think, oh, yeah. they, I think they let us free. play for free when you rent the place out. Well, then December we have another Thrivecast, but it's our secret stash episode where we grab a little secret stash from each guest throughout the year, and we tell everybody what they said, and we kind of do a little commentary on that, and that's going to be cool in December. Exactly, because we do after every episode, pretty much every episode, where we have a guest, we uh, we do some extra taping that you don't know about, right. and uh, and we release that upon you in December. It's kind of like a uh, Christmas present it for is. you. And, and it's a fun, I, I always think, I don't know about you, Jason, I always think that's a fun way to like think back through the year. At yeah. the different things that we, you know, makes me dredges yeah, up some some thoughts that we had from yeah. before. It was good. So uh, this is episode fifty two, but and we have some sponsors. Uh, actually, this episode is called Content Marketing for Accountants. Yep, uh, which is a big deal because I think marketing is uh, whatever business you're in, uh, marketing's a big deal, and it's always a always a challenge. Oh, it's it's one of the hardest tasks I think we have to do as owners of businesses. Right. It's like exercise because everybody knows they need to do it more than they are right now. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's true. And it's, you always feel like you suck. Yeah. You well, it's it's a sponge. I, there's those, there's those certain tasks that you know that it doesn't matter how much time and effort you pour into it, you can still pour more. You not, no, not <laughs> right. not that you can. There's like this feeling that you should right. pour more, more time and effort into, it, regardless of how much you're doing. Right. And you're always. It's like a Jewish child. You're always feeling guilty. <laughs> Right. Yes. You're not yeah. blogging enough. Yeah, exactly. So so <laughs> true. You're not doing you're not yeah. So was that was that a good comparison of Jewish I, kids? I think so. I was a little nervous that it was <laughs> <laughs> Okay, who's our but, sponsors? Yeah. So our sponsors are are the one of them is the wonderful Avalara. Oh, yeah. Avalara, they do uh sales tax complaints, they help you do your 1099s. Um, they do all that yeah. stuff. So right now is a great time to get onto Avalara.com uh, because we're uh, quick approaching the time of year when you have to do your 1099s. And also, I'm I'm sure I don't know enough about sales tax nowadays because I don't do I don't do handwritten sales tax compliance like I did back in uh, 19, uh, 2008. <laughs> I was going to say 1998. I didn't, I didn't, didn't do, do any, it. Then. I, I was waiting tables in 1998. 
Um, so yeah, go to, go to Avalara.com. They're wonderful. If you're not using their uh, services, then you are missing out. Who else is sponsoring us? Jason Blummer. So it's, uh, as usual, Zoho Books. Uh, and I like to tell people to go to Zoho.com slash books slash tour just to see what this beautiful cloud-based accounting software does. It has things you would expect dashboards, you know, managing your subscriptions, invoices, project management. Uh, and then you can tie, you know, a lot of their apps into it, CRM, project management. And it, it, it integrates with a bunch of payment gateways. So mm. people can pay their invoices through Zoho because it integrates with a bunch of them. It uh, integrates with Avalara, which we said last time on our podcast, which is kind of a, we said it was a sponsorship hug. Yeah. online. Yeah. Yep. That's what like they're that. doing. Yep. Um, so what are we going to school people on today? Content marketing for accountants. Yes. And actually it's interesting. Zoho books having their CRM component. That's one of the things that we're going to touch on as we go through this. The, uh, so the idea today of, of, uh, of content marketing, I, I like the idea. Actually, I like the word, uh, inbound marketing. Yeah. Because the whole idea of of content marketing is to let you basically your your content is your call center. It is. You're you're not doing that cold call. Have you ever had to do cold calls, Jason? I have not. You never in your life. No. Oh my gosh, it's it's the worst <laughs> in the world. It's, it's so. It sounds bad. It's so bad. I had to do that. Okay, so uh, back in, not not in 1998, but in 1999, I was a, a car salesman at Barber <laughs> Brothers Mitsubishi Subaru, <laughs> and I sucked so bad at that job. And You seem like you'd be good at that. I was, well, that's, I, I was in, the customers loved me. But I couldn't sell cars. They wouldn't buy stuff. <laughs> they from wouldn't you. buy stuff from me because I wasn't. I I don't think I like put the screws on tight enough on these people <laughs> to make it happen. So, um, but and one and one of the things we just you know if you if you were at the lot and there just weren't people coming to the lot, you just felt hopeless in terms of trying to sell cars. So somebody told me they said just open up a phone book and start calling citizens. <laughs> and I, and I would, I did that. I called, I, we, we actually, we sold, remember back when the, they had those big, the Hummers, they yeah. had, we, the, the guy who owned our dealership at one point, we became a Hummer dealership. And, <laughs> Nobody and I got, buys those. <laughs> like the, I know, well back, this was like in, like I said, this was the late nineties. These things cost over a hundred thousand dollars in the late nineties. And they, you know, and they're, and they're bad ass. You yeah. know, oh, I mean, yeah. we're talking, we're not talking the H2. We're talking, this is, this is the when they ones. were like the military yeah. style Hummers <laughs> is what they, what Nobody they buys those. Nobody buys those. So I call Called up, I, I cold called a radio station to be like, because I was like, I was, and I think some some uh, like lawyers, and I was I was trying to get them to to lease them, and to like you know put their 
put their logo on it because because I mean these things are catchy and stuff right, like yeah. that. And they and the the one thing I remember from the the radio station it was Arrow one hundred three point five the Arrow. <laughs> and he was like, well, we don't want. Uh, he he was like trying to teach me how to sell stuff to me. He says he says we don't want a Hummer, but you know we might have been interested because we also sold Mitsubishi's which had the Montero. Yeah. And they said maybe if you had called up and said, do you want to lease a Montero so that you could have the Aero Montero, then maybe we would have been interested. Well, horrible, hor- I did. I, I felt like a jackass. <laughs> the entire time, and it didn't get me one additional sale. Right. So, listeners, that's how not to do it. Thank you for the the um, example, Greg, of how not to do marketing. Right, and that's and that's outbound, and we're talking inbound. That's right. So, the, okay, so the experts we want to focus on for the inbound marketing is HubSpot. If you've heard of HubSpot.com, they have a software, kind of an expensive software, uh, that helps you do marketing, and they have some philosophies and methodologies around how to do inbound marketing. And we, you can actually find it at HubSpot.com/slash/inbound-marketing. It's what you can do. Um, but here's I want to I want to clarify what inbound and outbound is. Is that okay? Yes, do it. I want to read a paragraph they said on their page. They cool. said, "All right." Instead of the old outbound marketing methods of buying ads, buying email lists, and praying for leads, or calling Arrow radio stations. Arrow 103.5. Yeah. Inbound marketing focuses on creating quality content that pulls people towards your company and product where they naturally want to be. So by aligning the content you publish with your customer's interest, you naturally attract inbound traffic that you can then convert, close, and delight over time. So the goal is to, the foundation is producing content that people want to read that will draw them to your site. And when they're on your website, that's when you start doing stuff to convert, close, and then delight them. So this little page, uh, hubspot.com slash inbound-marketing, they have a little visual here that walks you through their various phases of what you do from uh, strangers all the way to promoters. So, so Greg, let me ask you something. Yeah. One thing you do is you do a lot of tweets. Yes. That's like mini blogging. It's like mini content that would draw. Is that the same thing? Like tweeting? Yeah, it is. Well, and even right here on their on their graphic, they under the attract uh, column, and we're gonna have we're gonna have a if you, if you uh, if you need to pull this up, check out the show notes for for this episode. We'll have that a yeah. link on there for this. So under the attract column uh, for how to how to ch- change strangers into visitors at your site, one of the things is social publishing, and I would that's say you. I would say tweeting. That's a uh, that's that's the social publishing. Kind of thing, and and it's not just it's not just uh, I don't think it's just unique, creative, brand new tweets. I think a lot of times that's what Thrival's doing when uh, it's a way to push out your blog content to your Twitter followers. Um, And I also think you know uh, sometimes I'm shy on Twitter of like retweeting Mm. old content, but I've realized that I shouldn't be because. Uh, because when you have 5,000, 10,000 tweets, however many tweets right. people have, nobody's seen all your tweets. And if even if they have, they've forgotten them. So you can, you can recycle a lot of that stuff. 
Well, like, and that's what, so Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Blummer, my wife and our producer also does the marketing. And uh-huh. so she's, she reads a lot about this stuff. And so she says the, you know, the shelf life of tweets is very short. Yes. Like seconds, like you can push a tweet into somebody's feed, uh, a follower uh-huh. and it blows right by them. So right. probably most of your followers have not seen it. So she, when she pushes out, you know, the articles that you and I and some other people write on Thrival.com, mm-hmm. she publish them. She publishes those articles like six months in advance, mm-hmm. and she'll push them like five or six tweets per mm-hmm. month for six months, knowing most people won't see them all. But so, you might see one or two, but right. you, Which, you'll often see an old article come through our yeah. Twitter feed too. Right. Which is a great, which is just fine because a lot of, because, because the, the thing, it, I mean, when we're talking about all of this stuff, the, the idea is to, uh, and, and you said it, you're, you're going to be creating content that people will read, but I think even more specifically than that, you're creating content that the right people for your firm are going to want to read. And so yes. with that, you, you're going to be, you may have published a post five years ago that's still relevant to somebody who's just getting introduced to you today. Mm. So, uh, so you're, I mean, I think a lot of the whole blogging idea is becoming an, is showing people your expertise. And so, you know, that's something we do in our firm. We do pretty good blogging, but I think, I think that's a key to, to the foundation of content of inbound marketing, which is creating content people want to read. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we often like, okay, so we've we've had some classes recently at the Thrival Academy. Um, mm-hmm. Like BizInc is a marketing firm for accountants uh, out of New Zealand. Matt Wilkinson, mm-hmm. uh, he did a class for us. Yep. Uh, he's also um, a sponsor of Deeper Weekend. Sweet. And, and he says, <laughs> well, we interviewed him on the yeah. Yep. He said. CPAs are blogging for other CPAs, and this is really weird. But when I do tax research, uh-huh. I go to CPAs' blogs. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah. that's where Google takes me. And right. so he said, CPAs are writing for other CPAs, and he's like, "That's that's not the content your listeners or your followers want." Right. So I don't. He said, "I can't get accountants to understand. You need to stop writing technical tax briefs that nobody can understand, except another CPA, because uh-huh. they're not your client." Right. And then he said, "The other thing that he sees is a lot of recipes." <laughs> right, remember? right. I remember Cake that. recipes. Yeah. And yeah. he sent us like he said. We said, "No way." He said, "I'll send you links." He sent us like five. Yeah, he goes, yep. "Here's the recipes." Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, unless yeah, if you're if you're uh, if. <laughs> If so your that's target an customer is someone who's selling brownies on Etsy, maybe. <laughs> maybe, but, yeah. Uh, but otherwise. So content creation is not just any content. It's not just put up any blog. Right. So we feel guilty about not blogging. Well, although but let me. It could let be me, bad blogging. Yeah, but but let me back up because one, I thought I think you said something that was interesting, or or maybe it was Jennifer and some of the stuff that she that she pulled together uh, in preparation for the show. She was talking about you about about Blummer CPAs and about Thrival and basically saying it, it, she said something. She says if it's worth doing, it's worth doing wrong, right. is what she said. And I do think that there's something to be said about 
If you, I mean, don't, I think sometimes this whole thing is so daunting that people get, just get stuck, stuck paralyzed. They're like, I'm not going to, oh, yeah. I'm not going to do any of it. Cause I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And it's like, no, okay. Th- throw one up about a recipe just, <laughs> just right. to get started. Right. And as a matter of fact, my, my, uh, my, my blog post for thrival for, uh, October is going to be a recipe for, <laughs> uh, omelet sandwiches. They're delicious. Um, so I'm going to put that together, but, uh, but, but just, just, <laughs> That's Dude, what we need. I know. Well, they're delicious. Have you ever had them? I've eaten egg sandwiches all no, my I've life. Not, but not an omelet sandwich. Well, probably not an omelet sandwich, I know. but just it's an egg good, sandwich. And it's so good. But anyways. Uh, well, uh, hey, what thing have we been you doing gotta just, You got to just do it. I think that's the, that's the thing. Don't be afraid of doing it wrong to start out with, but start doing it better and better over time. Right. Okay. So just a big picture again. HubSpot's inbound methodology is four phases. Mm-hmm. Attract. Convert, close, and delight. Yes. You and I have been talking about attract, which yes. is turning strangers into visitors. Mm-hmm. Go blog, social publishing, pushing stuff out through Twitter. Uh, now, one thing in the attract that we're not doing as well at in our firm is the keywords. They say this is where you get a little more sophisticated in the yeah. attraction, right? Is write things your readers want to read. And mm-hmm. so what I write about are a lot of business strategy for the agencies we serve. Now, right. But a lot of them want to know about tax savings and you know how to uh-huh. read a financial statement. And I don't write about that stuff because I don't like it. But th- that's what people want look for. Yeah. Like if they look for a CPA firm exclusively dedicated to creative agencies, they're going to probably search some more technical thing like accounting, tax, or payroll. Right. And so those are the things I'm not writing about. So d- defining your keywords, the keywords mm-hmm. that – you know, typical customers would want to be searching is important right. and including those in your blogs. And right. um, HubSpot's uh, software actually helps you do all that and write around your keywords. So like anyway, it, it that's helps something you, we need to improve. So it helps you identify like hot hot keywords because that's something that I'm, I, I feel like that's a little bit out of my wheelhouse is how to use keywords. I mean, I, I assume that you, part of the thought process, and tell me if I'm wrong, is you're going, okay, if someone's searching, if someone's searching for my, for my business, they, you know, you're like brainstorming words they might throw into Google, and then you're trying to put that in the title of your post. Is that kind of the idea or just throughout the post or both? Yeah, throughout the post, uh, in the title, uh, uh-huh. whatever. But they do have a section in that that link um, that kind of helps you know how to f- figure out keywords. And keywords okay. are used in search engine optimization. One right. way they say do it is start with your buyer personas. Right. Like sit down and go, what five types of people right now buy our services? Uh-huh. And you try to put them in a box uh-huh. and you try to define what they're like. There might be... I mean, it might be five or six. It might be business owner, uh, individual person. Uh, might be an older individual person or, or a younger individual person. And then you start figuring out what do they like. And then you, from the buyer persona, you could actually document what do you think this buyer persona, like a ninety-year-old woman on Social Security, what would she search on Google? Well, she may not Recipes. search on Google. <laughs> See. So- so then, so then you, you, the title of your post is Recipe for Individual Tax Savings for an Old Person. 
with on social security. On social security. And then throughout the post, you go, uh, many old people who want a recipe for tax savings who are on social security will find that old people with recipes for tax savings for so and you just kind of repeat the words right. a whole lot. That's, that's how you do it. So so forget pronouns. Right, no pronouns. <laughs> you just Fill it in with the buyer persona. For the buyer persona. Individual person who may want to start their business at some point in the future. Individual person who may want to start their business at some point in the future can find recipes here. Right. Individual that may want to start their business at some point in the future that needs 1099s next year. (laughs) It's just a nonsense, a complete nonsense post that just puts you to the top of Google on the sandwiches. That's... that's, (laughs) <laughs> this is not how to do it. So anyway, uh, we're <laughs> right, but although, we're talking about a track. That's what we're talking about, right? So key, so keywords are important, and I'm sure that there's ways. I mean, I, I, you know, I said it half jokingly, but I'm sure that that's one of the things that you can do if you're really hardcore on getting good keywords and getting good SEO is really to go back if once you create some kind of content to go back through and see if there are some pronouns you can pull out and stick back in your keywords mm, to try to bad. try to throw that up. So that makes sense. But the big deal on this is you're really trying to educate. That was something that I ah, got on this good. with the attract part is you're you're trying to honestly educate people. Right, which means give them some stuff for free. Yes, that's what that's what blogging is. It's giving them free content. Right, and, like and red velvet cake recipe. Mm-hmm. Because not everybody, most people have to pay for that. For <laughs> you can't for, get that free at allrecipes.com. No, forget <laughs> it. Forget it. So um, nobody's handing out recipes but, for free. But I think, but but I think that's the thing, though. Too is that I mean, tell me if I'm wrong with this. But my sense with a lot of blog, like you're in a sweet spot with your blog, if you're telling people how to do something themselves. But on some level, you know that 99% of the people don't really want to do it themselves, or or can't. Like I could honestly really blog about tax savings around converting your company to an S corporation, just in general terms about how it can save you money. Right. And, you know, my clients are not going to be able to do it. Right. They're not going to be able to manage it, uh, change their accounting system at the same time, you know, add in a partner, track the, you know, payroll to distribution percentages they should be managing. They just can't do a lot of that. So, Tell them it can you know save them a lot of tax money. Right, and again, it's a new concept that they haven't that they haven't learned about yet. Right, and somebody's, yeah. somebody's got to teach them. Cool, mm-hmm. right on. Okay, so we're moving because we got a guest that actually is knocking this out of the water, and I can't wait to talk right. to her. W- one last thing on attract though, can I say before we move yes. on? If you if you're niched, attracting is going to be easier. The the more focused you are as a firm, the, the easier this content is to create. So niching makes attraction. Easier. Yep, and we'll see that with Aaron because she's she's a uh, she's Aaron, crazy Aaron, niche. Aaron Rue is the beer CPA. Yep, cool. I mean, actually, you can look up beer CPA, and she comes up first in yep. Google. Should SEO? She's SEO'd the hell out of that. <laughs> so, so, so the so, second phase is convert. Yes, which I love, and this is the stuff. So, and it's so funny. We talked a lot about attract. I feel like I do that okay. The rest of the stuff is where I suck at. So maybe uh, we should really talk about this. Well, we we struggle at the rest of this. To the com- the conversion is where if you have a stranger that's become a visitor, they're actually on your website. There are mm-hmm. some tools you can use 
to convert them to not necessarily a customer yet, just to convert them to a lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that basically what that means is HubSpot with their methodology says you want their name and email. Emails, email is the currency mm-hmm. that you use to eventually create customers. So you yep. want that. And the way you do it is you give ebooks, uh, white papers, but you have to have a form that they fill out and say, fill this form out and you will get an ebook. And we right. don't have that on our website. Right. And I think and see, I think some of those forms, and again, just talking about how, how Aaron's crushed it, when, when I pulled up her page, on that very first page, there's a form that just automatically pops up that says, sign up for email updates and special surprises. And you just, and it's, it's, it's the easiest form ever. You just have a spot for your email and you click surprise and it says, powered by lead in. I need to go check out lead in because I think that's the coolest little thing there. Yeah. As soon as somebody, you know, and it's got a little X, so it's, it's kind of in the way of seeing some of her content, but you, it, it almost forces you to go down and go, okay, am I going to sign up for email updates and special surprises? Yes. Stick in your email, hit subscribe or click the little X to get it out of the way to move on. But one way or another, that's an easy way to just start gleaning people's emails. Yeah. It's just by saying, Hey, give me your, and who doesn't want a special surprise <laughs> from Aaron. I know I do. So, I'm so gonna, you, I'm so filling it com- in right now. Shut up. I'm filling it in. <laughs> so in the conversion phase, okay. um, you're there you gonna, go. I just subscribed. I, I'm, I'm, she, she hooked you. Yeah. So I, she just converted you to a lead. Yeah. I'm Here's a horrible problem. lead for her company. You're a terrible lead for her, <laughs> but I'm she looking, will have to delete you. Right. But she sucked me in because of uh, special surprises. So that that's how you use you use call to actions, sometimes mm-hmm. called CTAs. Our clients call those CTAs. Okay. Um, you use landing pages, mm-hmm. uh, which are many little websites off of your main website that mm-hmm. has a, some kind of special offer. Right. Hey, if you sign up, you know, by the end of November, we're going to do just we're going to do an extra um, coaching session with you. Right. If you if you fill this out before the end of November, right? You're, I mean, and again, it's more freebies. A lot of it is even just more content. Is like exclusive content, right? That you can't it's, get otherwise. Yeah, it's longer. Maybe it's longer content, like a case study, white right. paper, ebook, or something like that. Um, just you know, things. So that's convert and, and convert. And a, lot of pe- a lot of people use webinars too. There's a thing where it's yeah. like, I come to. We're going to do an hour long free webinar. Click on here to do that. So that's yeah. another way. And so, so the conversion phase, and remember, there are four phases to inbound methodology uh, according to HubSpot. There's attract, convert, close, and delight. We just talked about convert, which is to turn people from a visitor to a lead. Mm-hmm. And, and then what's the third one? Is close. So this is where you're, tra- you're changing leads into customers, people who are buying stuff. And a lot of what that is, you're ta- this is when you're, you've now gathered your emails and you got to do two things. First off, you've got to start interacting with customers and you've got to start seeing if you if there's ways where you can, if there's services that you have that they want to buy. So you've got to use those emails to reach out to your leads to try to get them to customers. So this is, this is where the inbound becomes a little bit outbound. But the beautiful thing is people more or less have, have filtered themselves and have right. told you we're good for what you're trying to get. So yeah. that's where you start sending out an email saying, hey, would you like to set up an appointment to talk about us doing your taxes and your, and your uh, financial reports? Uh, things like that, right? Yep. 
And yeah. you also have to have your CRM because that helps you keep track of who you've contacted and what you've talked to them about so far because right. that can be a nightmare trying to not, you know, how many times have you gone, oh, shoot, have I told, have I already, what have I done with this guy uh, so far? I can't remember. And then you worry about feeling like a tool. That's right. So your your CRM is your customer relationship management tool, just a piece of software that that categorizes the people that have been filling out these forms. So one of my marketing agency clients told me you can get a, you want a long email list, but you also need to be able to uh, segregate them. Like hmm. you need to say these came because they read a tax article. Right. These came because they read about coaching. These came because they read about business growth strategy. And if you know the categories they're in, you can email the group that's interested in coaching and say, hey, if you know, if you come to our firm, you know, before the end of November, then we're going to do an extra coaching session. And that's that's the thing they're interested in. Yeah. Because yes. that that's the form they came through. Um, so categorizing your email list is kind of a it's a key. Uh-huh. Um so that's that's something we need to do a little bit better. And, but, and um, I do think, and even even like the number of times you've contacted somebody, that's important. I had like yeah. just just within the last couple of weeks, I had some. I, I wish I could remember where they were calling from. Somebody called me from some organization. They were they were not doing inbound marketing. They were doing outbound marketing. They called calling. me. And I and and they went through their whole spiel, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, whatever. I'm not really your person." We hang up, and immediately I get called again. The exact same lady goes, and, and she and she's like, "Hi, uh, this is so and so from such and such." And I and I was and we were going, and I was like, "You just call, you know?" And it's like, "This is this is this is Wendy from uh, from the you know the company. We really care about our customers, and we really want to you know be focused on your specific." needs needs and taking care of you and really focusing on who you are and, and what you're it's like, like you, you just called me twice and you didn't even realize Wendy realize this is that. Greg yeah hey remember me yeah so, we're good friends from the last call two right minutes ago. exactly <laughs> it's like if you can't if you can't remember the last time you talked to him that's not really going to be helping them get a whole lot of confidence that you're gonna know their business well well you so, know that that proves the value of inbound marketing like i i don't mind you emailing me if i've already shown interest in what right. you're doing but i get i get emails i get a lot of emails about brand new pieces of software being built for the accounting profession uh-huh. so you, you can probably imagine i get a lot of those because people know about Thrival. They hit me up all the time, and they email me four and five times, and I keep deleting them. I delete a lot of emails. Yeah, I finally yeah. have to respond, respond and go, dude, not interested. Yeah. Meaning all the other emails I deleted, I'm not interested. They're doing cold calling. Yeah. And it annoys me. Right. So outbound annoys people. Right. Because you're annoying people that really are never going to be your customer, whereas inbound is... I'm talking to you because you started the conversation. Yeah. You came to my content. Yep. So I just threw something out there. You showed interest. Now we can have a conversation through email. Uh, and then obviously you want to turn the leads into customers and you want to set up an appointment. Yeah. So, hey, let's talk. Let's yep. talk live. Exactly. Yeah. Talking live. That's really you move them to you, the, to you the last get phase. Yep. Exactly, and that's and that's another and the, this stuff is it it it, it uh, cycles back on itself because that's really a call to action through your email. You're saying, "Hey, I'd like to talk to you yeah. live about this stuff," and then you, you see so you, you kind of go back through 
through these things, kind of, you know, again, letting them filter themselves out of yep. their stuff so that you really get the customers that you really, that are really going to work for you. And then the last thing is changing customers to promoters. This gets me excited. Oh yeah. Because you've got, you've got people who promote you, right, Jason? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. People, this is pe- the delight phase. Uh, if you've delighted your customer, if somebody comes and they buy something from you and they and they think that you're amazing, this is uh, what's that? What's that thing? Scale people from one to ten and uh, net promoter score. This yeah, is, yeah. This is it because you want promoters. People who are tens, nines, and tens. Yeah. Those are your promoters. And but the thing is, a lot of times people fall short of not figuring out either how to delight their customer, or whether or not they've delighted their customer, things like that, right? Yeah, yeah, and this is this is hard. So one thing you mentioned in this delight phase, remember the, just real quick, I keep reminding everybody, the HubSpot inbound marketing methodology is attract, convert, close, delight. We're in the delight. Uh, one of the tools they talk about in the delight phase is surveys. Mm-hmm. This is where you want to know, they're now a customer, in the delight phase, they are a customer. They are paying you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're trying to make them promoters. They they become. We want them to become evangelists. So you were talking about sending out surveys and going, what do you think about our service? And we do that. So around October, we start our renewal process. Right. And Julie Ship, my partner, just she does that. So we just sent out an email where we're directing them to a survey, just okay. a real short four-question survey. Um, okay. You know, and it's got some funny gifs on there that they can look at um, to make it kind of interesting. Uh, we use typeform.com okay. to do those surveys. That's a really beautiful uh, form type system. And yeah, we're asking. It's hard because we say, "What do you think about us?" And yeah, they tell you. <laughs> yeah, well, and you- but it, but it's all, but it's our opportunity to to sell them something to help them become promoters, right? Well, and you, don't you meet with, you actually have like a meeting with them, not just, it's, it's beyond surveys, right? Yeah. So the, um, we, we pick, we actually, the survey says, do you want to meet with us in person to talk about your renewal? And there's, there are some targeted people we want to meet. So our biggest ones, we want to meet with them. Gotcha. So they can, so on the survey, they can, they can say, yeah, I would like to meet with you and talk about stuff before, instead of just automatically renewing, but they also have the option of just automatically renewing it on the survey as well. Right. And some people say, no, I don't need a, a live thing. Just give me something, you know, some options similar to last year. Right. And gotcha. that's okay too. Yeah. So, but but regardless, you're really getting in there and you're trying. You're you're making yourself available. I guess that's the nice thing too is you're putting it in their lap. It's really inbound. Even at that point, you're putting it in their lap in terms yeah. of how much how much how much would you like to to talk to us so that we can tailor this and make sure that you're being taken care of appropriately. Right. Yeah. 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 That's right. So we're you know we're constantly still using those surveys to give them the opportunity. It's weird that this fourth this fourth area is called delight, uh-huh. but a survey is to say what's not going right a lot of times, and so it's almost like they're they're given the opportunity to complain, though they're not really complaining. They're saying, "While since you're asking, yes, there are some things you yeah. can do better." Right, and then they do become delighted when you listen and you yes. say, "We oh. can help with that." Oh my gosh, that's something that that's one of the biggest lessons I learned from uh, Ron Baker's books is the whole idea that customer complaints, we're so afraid of customer complaints, but your most loyal customers are the ones who complained about something and you did something 
in in a, in, oh, yeah. in response to that because most people complain going I know I'm getting screwed and I hate feeling being screwed but I'm just so pissed off I <laughs> gotta vent this to somebody and then when you go hey thanks for telling me I'm gonna fix that then all of a sudden they go oh like when I went to Texas Roadhouse do they have Texas Roadhouses they're yeah. in a, yeah I went there first time I went there I got ribs you know why I got ribs why because I love ribs <laughs> and they were they were overcooked they were dry and overcooked and you know how the manager like will come right hey, do you know how that's the yeah. thing oh, yeah. Yeah. like a manager so is everything good and right you're like and no, i'm like this leave me a, like every other time that a manager's come to my table i've been like yeah it's fine leave me alone this time i was like i was like these ribs are, are kind of dry they're not the great and this is the first time i ever went there and the manager's like you know what let me take care of that and he i, I or i had a full rack of ribs jason there's a butt ton of ribs he goes <laughs> back he brings me out a brand new plate of ribs guess what my complaint turn to delight and I go to Texas Roadhouse regularly now and order Ooh. their damn ribs because <laughs> because they there took good care of me that is awesome so we just gave you listener a bunch of stories of how to do inbound marketing now we're gonna we're gonna listen to a real CPA doing this like crazy let's get Aaron Rue on the phone come on All right, Greg, we're back with the example of content marketing for accountants, and it is Aaron Rue, the beer CPA. What's up, Aaron? Good morning. That sounds like um, big shoes to fill as the content marketing well, accountant. Well, you so you do know that <laughs> most CPAs don't really even know what it is or anything. So if people go to your website, so what is your website address? TheBeerCPA.com. So if Which people I, go I to that, that. Yeah. I love that. It's freaking the, awesome. Yeah, because right away, it's like people know exactly what you are, like in your URL. It's amazing. So you you are the example of what people should be doing, Aaron. Own it. Own it. <laughs> so I Googled Beer CPA, and you, I think you were first. I Yeah, I should be first. I did um, – there's a couple of keywords like oh. CPA for breweries and that where I'm one or two. Yeah, that's right awesome. And, so, and how how did you how did you we talked about this earlier? How did you identify your keywords and and what exactly did you do with them once you got them? Was it just beer and breweries and you say beer and breweries as often as you can on your website? No, there's actually a real science behind it. Okay, so, teach us. Yes. I, I'll teach you what I know, okay. but I don't okay. know a ton. Tell us. I was working with a lady from the Small Business Development Center out of Portland, mm -hmm. and she had gotten a grant to help small business owners with their search engine optimization SEO for wow. sites for free. Oh, wow. So I was able to work with her for six months and kind wow. of learn what I needed to be doing. So she taught me all about meta tags and what, um, right? Yeah, and the little uh, descriptions that you put on your page, like all of your pages, you're able to put these little descriptions and yeah. how you want to pack those with the words you want people to find you by searching. Um, the Google AdWords keyword planner. Um, so we spent six months just doing that and making sure that every page on my site was optimized for what I wanted people to search for. 
So wow. So can I read? Okay. So I want to read the very first two sentences. No, three sentences on your website, and I want to ask you if if the things I just read were intentional on purpose. Okay. All right. So uh, in bold it says. CPA for breweries, but we also help wineries or distilleries because we like them too. And then the the text under that is, we have a passion for craft beer with expertise in, in the trade as well as in agricultural, alcohol, and manufacturing regulations. The Beer CPA is dedicated uniquely to beer, hard cider, and wine businesses. So all of that was on purpose, right? All of that is on purpose. Like I'm seeing... Like you didn't, I just like wineries, distilleries. These are things people would search. Even hard cider, people right. search that. Right. So the first thing you mentioned is the the very first line that's in bold. Uh-huh. That says CPA for breweries. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, that's your that's your headline, and that's super important from what I understand from from search engine optimization. Right. That's why it is in bold and it is CPA for breweries. Because when pe- I want people to search for CPA for breweries, that's the very first thing on my site. And it's in that head. Like when you put stuff on your website and you can put headlines, uh-huh. there's a header one. And you want your keywords in that header one because Google ranks those heavier. Whoa. Right. Right. Than the other words that you put on your page. And right. I can I can tell the font is bigger and it's in bold than yep. the smaller font. So yep. so why wouldn't you just like make everything bold and header? Would that just look stupid? <laughs> oh, that would be so ugly. Okay, so th- <laughs> that entire a, page is just header, and that's <laughs> oh. so that's a, that's an accountant then um, taking <laughs> SEO. <laughs> right. I can just see Jason screwing wants to, it over. Right? Jason is just changing his header for Blummer CPAs <laughs> to be keywords colon CPA <laughs> creative uh, firm uh, advertising marketing. So there's a design aspect. You don't want your site to look crappy. <laughs> well, I don't want my site to look crappy. Now, I had an SEO quote unquote expert look at my site over the summer where I was looking to take the next level step into the SEO world. And he um, was not very encouraging about my site because Ooh. it was well-designed. Oh. Because it was, it would probably get better search engine results with a couple of tweaks to the site, but it would, it would have made my site ugly. Oh. What? Huh. So you're, you're and so I don't you're... want an ugly site. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay, so so what I don't understand is balancing the beauty of design with actually making something technically SEO. Or, I don't know. Is there, I don't know, the balance, you just have to feel your way through that probably. Right, and I think that, um, well, I think two things. You can balance that if you find the right person that's able to do it. And two, I don't think that was the right guy for me. Ah. Like he was just all about keyword <laughs> packing and SEO and he didn't care anything about the look, Ah. the aesthetic of it. And I was very intentional because I did that site on my own through Squarespace and I was very intentional about how it was designed. Wow. It looks really good. You did that on your own? I did. Squarespace makes it easy. 
Oh, uh, that, that's see, we, that's like their okay, tagline. Jason, so 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 far, we really need HubSpot to be paying us for this episode. <laughs> we now need Squarespace. I believe we need uh, Texas Roadhouse. That's right. Uh, yeah, to be paying. Us yeah. For this. Uh, <laughs> so so uh, so Aaron here's okay so here's what we learned from our HubSpot uh discussion that Greg and I had is that content is really the foundation of good inbound marketing and um I mean I go to your page there's five big things I can click and one of them is resources so do you believe what they believe about content and tell us how you develop content I oh. Well, let's start about how I develop content. Yeah. What happens when I develop content is it's all coming from people that I've spoken to at some point who asked me questions Ah. or were inquiring about something. And once I get it asked more than two or three, four times, then, you know, it kind of clicks and you're like, people need this. Mm. If more than one person is asking for, you know bank reconciliation stuff or cost of goods stuff or whatever they're asking for, then they need that. And so I make a little note in Evernote. I have a separate notebook just for blog posts. So I make notes in there about what people are asking about. And then I just start driving content from that. And I see where I can maybe group different topics together. Like October this month, my blog series is going to focus all about like the back end of accounting, like making sure your chart of accounts is right, why you should reconcile your bank statement, like all of that kind of stuff that people need that they keep asking me about that all kind of goes together so I can do a whole series instead of just one-off blog posts that don't mesh over time. Right. That's that's a great idea. So you have a big picture. Uh, and so there's a lot of intention behind your blog posts of feeding the customers and of your, your customers and what they need. And there's also kind of a longer range vision of we can, we can do a whole, like a, it's almost like a program. Like you've almost have a program going. Right. So this blog post series for October is eventually going to become a more in-depth three-part webinar series in the spring. Oh, nice. Do you always so, do that? So the content you write on a blog becomes a webinar or, or it could it could? I have not always done it that way. I was kind of just writing when I felt like writing and writing about whatever I wanted to do. And it was last April that I blew up my old site because accountants are boring and we're required by our state to only be named, you know, Mm. Aaron Rue CPA LLC, something lame like that. Um, And I was just kind of like, screw it. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Go Aaron. If I get my hand slapped, I get my hand slapped. I don't care. So last April, I took down my boring old generic site and launched that beer CPA site and that's when I really started to get hyper-focused on content creation and getting some webinar series stuff planned out. I just recently, I bought Amy Porterfield's um, Profit Lab to learn yep. all about Facebook marketing. Yeah, that's a great podcast. And then I just bought Jeff Walker's Product Launch Formula. So I'm going through his, like, how to launch an actual online series, online content stuff. So everything that I'm doing now is really intentional with how can I lump it together? How can people get incredible value from it? 
yeah. one, for free. And then two, how can I turn that into something that people will pay even more for where I can serve a lot of people at the same time without having to spend a lot of time myself one-on-one with them because there's only one of me. Mm. Right. So, so is that that whole thing of like scaling to be able to uh, sell something to a lot of people? Is that the webinars you're talking about? What are you? Yeah. So I'll have my own series of webinars and then I'm also launching um, this winter, this December, actually um, like a joint venture partnership where we're going to do, it's called the business of brewing and it's nice. just a joint venture. It's going to be like an academy. So each semester, wow. quote unquote, there'll be a series Jeez. of classes that releases and you can be part of that semester. And then you get access to some of the old classes as well. That's amazing. Wow. Who, who's it a joint venture with? May we ask? Um, it is not 100% confirmed yet. So okay. as soon as we get everybody on board and everybody is signed up, then we'll start doing some of that. But we're... We're doing the business side of it because it's not they, people need more than just accounting for their brewery. People need help with sure. their marketing and with their branding and distribution and trademark stuff. So it seems you, like it makes sense for, you know, those type of people, those service providers like I am to get together, mesh all of our stuff together and make everybody money and make our breweries better. Right. So do you, uh, do you also help with, I mean, this, uh, do you help with, cause it says here on your site that you also have expertise in regulations. How much, how much of that is stuff that people, I mean, I imagine once you're in it, you figure that stuff out pretty good, but do you hold people's hands through, through, cause I imagine it's a very highly regulated uh, industry that, that's your niche. It's very regulated. So do you do a lot of handholding through those regulations? I do. I do a lot of handholding during the initial application process. Okay. Because even getting approved to make alcohol uh, yeah. can be kind of tedious. Sure. Um, and then they have monthly or quarterly filing requirements for what they made and how much they sold and how right. much they dumped down the drain. And yeah. So I a lot of it, once you can get the back off like the back office process part right. Uh-huh. The reports are super easy to do themselves. And there's software now right. that, that does a lot of that for you. They'll kick out those reports. So I've been working with the guys that are doing that software, those programs, getting to know them better so that I can refer clients to them uh-huh. so that we don't have to do so much work on the back end. Right. Well, so- and so and you 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 must do a lot of a lot of your content has to be informing people about stuff like that. You're saying, Hey, if you've got, if you've got the right chart of accounts and if you're doing your books, right, then, then, uh, adhering to these regulations is going to be a lot easier. Is that kind of what you're saying? Right. Correct. Awesome. And, and I could see where somebody who just wants to crack into this and has no damn clue and feels over their head would find you and would be like, Oh, thank God I found Aaron Rue because this is exactly what I needed. Well, think about, yeah, so think about most business owners, not just breweries, but like the people you serve. They go into business because they want to make beer or they want to design websites or they want to make whatever they make, right? Right, right. They don't go into business so that they can spend four hours filling out paperwork and so that they can reconcile bank accounts and so that they can worry about when to pay payroll taxes. Right, Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's, well, yeah. well, let me ask you this. I mean, okay, I got a bunch of questions. Dang. 
All right, this, this is a lot of stuff. Okay, so the first, okay, let's let's say I'm a listener. I'm listening to this podcast, and I'm going, crap. I don't have time to do all of that stuff. So that's one thing. No, you make the time to do it. It's uh, very important. So you're saying, yeah, nobody has time, but hey, you get what you get now being a generalist, or you have to do this to become a specialist. Is that what you would tell them? Right. So don't do it. And then I'll do it and I'll destroy your firm. <laughs> right. Well, not even, I mean, even as a generalist, you should be doing something because people, when they are vetting whether or not they're going to hire you, want to know that you know stuff. Okay. So this is not just specialist niching content marketing. This is, you should be doing content marketing no matter what kind of firm you are. Right. You absolutely should. If you, if you want to, Put yourself in the bucket of people that seem knowledgeable and trustworthy and approachable. Well, then why why do you choose a niche then? So what additional value and benefit do you hope by becoming the expert? Well, I chose a niche because I didn't particularly enjoy working with a wide range of industries. Okay. Each industry has its own quirks. Yeah. And when you work with, you know, 50 different industries, you have to know 50 different quirks. Right. And you're just not efficient internally doing that or even hiring a team to do a bunch of different things. They don't get good at anything, basically. Well, I think you you can become good at it, but you become more of just like data entry and hear reports. But you can't offer any valuable insight into that industry because you're not really in it. Mm. So I, when I left my old firm and started this one, I was like, I'm going to start with wine and beer. And that's what I'm going to want to do. And even now, two years later, after I started this, I'm like, even just doing wine and beer and cider can be a little overwhelming at times because they're all very different. Wow. Mm. wow. So that's why I really latched on to beer. But I still do some of the other side of it, but not as in depth. Beer is where I'm really putting all of my eggs in my basket. Right. So you, so you kind of, you landed on those three main things uh, because of your raging alcoholism, but then you really (laughs) narrowed it down to just, that's part of it to just beer. Beer's the main focus because, but, but seriously, are you a raging alcoholic? (laughs) Greg, no. (laughs) It's, um, this is, this is is an intervention. We're not putting this podcast up on this site. I knew, I knew when Jennifer asked me to do it, I should have said no. All right. Okay. Uh, See, you knew what you were getting into, Aaron. When people but, ask me how I chose my niche, I just tell them because I like to drink. Yeah. And, and I've got to assume that's true. And that's absolutely true. You're, I was already going to all of those breweries and wineries and drinking <laughs> cider. So why not get paid to be at those yeah. places anyway? Hey, do yeah. you go to some of your clients and they give you samples? Absolutely. Bring that's that awesome. Okay, that's fantastic. So I'm okay, looking. Sorry, I derailed you. Go. go okay, Jason. I'm looking at your website, and again, uh-huh. it's it's really cool. You're doing all the stuff that HubSpot said you're supposed to do in inbound marketing. So I go to the front page, I click the resources button. There's your content you're giving away for free, and then you have a couple of boxes. One of them is a call to action. It says now available, and it says some words that I have no clue what you're talking about, but a brewery would. It says fillable self-calculating OLCC privilege tax forms. Yep. 
And when I click that, it takes me to something else HubSpot mentioned in inbound marketing, which is a landing page, right. which is like, it's a, it's kind of saying, all right. And then you gave me a little box that said, you're almost there. Uh, give me your email, your first and last name, and then you're going to get to download these fillable forms. Yep. Um, it does. So is all of this doing what HubSpot says it does, which converts strangers to visitors and converts them to leads and then converts them to clients? Is that is that happening? Yep, exactly. But crap. So I have I have two free downloads. I have the OLCC forms, which breweries will know. Oregon breweries will know what that is. Mm. And then I have a cash flow planning cheat sheet that people can sign up and get and download. And both of those, let's talk about the backside of this. Yeah. Because it's not just the pretty download it and yay, everything's great. So I use MailChimp as my email provider. And I pay the $10 a month so I can get the automation feature. So when people click that and put their email in and say, yes, I want it, then they go into an automated email um, setup. So they get their original download and a couple of days later they get a, hey, did you use this or did you read it? Mm. You know, how's everything going? And then a couple of days later they get a video from me with more downloads. Mm. And then they get another email that says, did you have any questions? Don't hesitate to follow up. And then they go into my normal newsletter cycle where they get updates from me at least once a month. Uh, and man, you're doing exactly what HubSpot said to yeah. do to be a queen of inbound marketing, almost said a king of inbound marketing. So what, let me ask you this. Can you serve breweries in other states? Because the state regulations are an issue, right? Right. Yes, I can serve other, I can serve breweries in other states because the federal part is all exactly the same. Okay. Right. So it's just from state to state that there are issues. And so I mainly focus on the West Coast, the best coast. (laughs) Take that, South Carolina. Take that, Greenville. (laughs) So most of my clients are Oregon, Washington, California, Idaho. That's cool. Like you're the Northwest expert. Right. Well, and we have a ton of potential clients up here. So, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Why not claim that, right? Right. So is the is the stuff you're creating behind the scenes? I mean, obviously you got to create content to give away. So you got to you you must create just butt tons of. Content. I know. Is that hard? Is it, I guess it's hard or time. It was, yeah. It, well, it's not hard. It just takes a lot of time. You don't hire people to do that for you. No, absolutely wanna, no. Huh? Wanna, wanna, will you ever do that? No. Is that so the approachable I, thing? I think I could probably hire someone to do it for me, but then it's not my voice. Mm. Yeah. What's it's your not, What's your voice? Um, it's the thing you hear right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because no. my when I write something, it's not going to sound the same when someone reads it as if you were writing it. Right. 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 So if I have someone creating content for me, it's going to sound like them, not like me. Yeah. Well, and I think it's going to sound because I, I, I think I can sniff out when somebody hired somebody else to 
Uh, well, may, maybe not. Sometimes I'm reading things, uh, content that other people have created, and if it seems too sterile, then either I think that person is boring or I assume that they hired a professional to write it for them. But it sounded like that's not what you're all about because you you talked about wanting to be knowledgeable, trustworthy, and approachable. And it seemed like approachable is a pretty big deal. And you're not going to be approachable if you're sterile, right? <laughs> not for me and not for the people I want to work with. Right. Exactly. And I think that's huge because I think a huge part of this inbound marketing is is the self-filtering kind of idea. People are going to choose to be with you because of what they see you're all about through this presence that you're creating in your content. Right. And so let me say this, though. I write my stuff and I will scribble it out and it will be a mishmash of whatever in Evernote. And I have a lady that I work with that is just 20 miles away from me that I'll send her what I write and go, can you just make it pretty? Can you Mm -hmm. clean it up? Can you organize it? Can you make sure it's understandable? And she goes through and organizes it, cleans up some stuff, asks me questions if something's not clear and then sends me back a finished product. And that's awesome. Like, are you surprised at how much better it is when you've done that? Yeah. Well, I wasn't surprised. The lady's amazing. She did. I had her do review all the content for the website. Mm -hmm. She reviews all of the stuff for any sales page I write and any like lead magnet type stuff like the cash flow cheat sheet. She took that and made it even better. And then I have a graphic designer that I use that I will just like email and say, here's what I need. Here's what I'm thinking. Like, here's how it looks in my head. Can you make that happen? Like for real, mm-hmm. you know, I've, back. so I've been, I've been surprised. We've used just, uh, you know, a contractor content developer or editor. And I have been blown away when like, I've written a few eBooks and you send it to them and it comes back and you're like, Whoa, my original draft sucked. I mean, and you have no idea because you wrote it and you think, I am the bomb. <laughs> but then when somebody, and that's all they do, they they tweak it and change it. You're like, oh my gosh, how many things am I putting out that sucks so bad? Um, so spending just a little money on just an outsourced editor person who probably is not yeah. going to be too much. That might be if you put out, I don't know, five, six blog posts a month or something, they might only be a few hundred bucks to review your stuff. It really makes it. Uh, look good. Right. And I don't have a review of my blog posts. Oh, you don't? Okay. Nope. I do the Michael Hyatt. Whatever I write, it's 90% good. So just hit publish. So that's that's where you're avoiding what most people deal with, which is being paralyzed about what to write about. Um, you just, you deal with the risk of it being, you know, stated poorly and you go ahead and put that content out there. Yeah. I'm not, my grammar is not perfect. And sometimes I misspell things, but everybody does. So get over it. <laughs> well, your, your, your blog's good. I mean, you're a good writer. So have you had practice writing? I used to be in my former life. I used to work in PR and marketing. Oh, oh. Well, oh, well, dang. well, dang, of course you're going to be good at yeah. that. What about people who are listening um, a CPA um, who's like, and as we said earlier, uh, it's like a Jewish kid who feels a lot of guilt about not blogging enough. So this <laughs> CPA is listening going, oh, here's another podcast. I got to go start blogging. 
and they hate it. And their their main deal is I suck as a writer. But you're saying just write it. Just write it. You're not going to get better if you don't just do it. So true. So do you you do get better when you, yes, as you write? Yes, absolutely you get better. You do, Greg? I mean, the more you yeah. write, the better you are? I, I absolutely I yeah, 100%. Well, let me add it. I bet Greg sucked at comedy when he first started. Uh, yes. And, and he's gotten a little better. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, thanks, Aaron. <laughs> You're one of those few people I can go to when I need to feel uh, not quite as crappy. <laughs> well, so you're both so you're both good at writing, and so you're saying you have to write a lot, and you do get better. Let me ask yeah. you this: as you write content, do you get faster at writing good content? I believe so. That's been my experience. I I'm I'm slow at writing content. I'm oh. I'm very methodical, and I want to go through it a, a bazillion times. I need deadlines to to produce content because otherwise, well, it's it's like uh, there's an old saying uh, from Lorne Michaels, the guy who who uh, who does Saturday Night Live. He's like, we don't we don't start the show because we're ready. We start the show because it's eleven o'clock p.m. <laughs> Eastern time, and that's a uh, that's kind of how I feel. So I gotta have somebody who's like, it's due on this day, and I go, okay, this is. W-. I mean, that's when I get to where Aaron, what you were talking about, where it's like, well, this is what I got, and it's time to publish, so I gotta hit publish now. Right. So that that's huge. The deadlines are what's important to me. Faster, I think I have gotten faster over time. But I, but but to me, I, I I love having a a brilliant something that I just think is the the best. I get very precious with my stuff. <laughs> okay, I have more questions. Okay. So we're talking about content marketing for accountants. We've we, we're also talking to you, Aaron, and you've done a niche around it. But you you made clear you don't have to do that. You, no. You still need to be doing content if you're a generalist. But I do like that you chose a niche that does have a specialty or some kind of complexity that allows you to become an expert. Like, like you didn't decide to serve carpet cleaners. But you know what? Is that okay? I bet if somebody served carpet cleaners, there would be things in that industry that you could become an expert at. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, I see. Okay. So you're saying no matter what you choose, um, there's probably something they have to deal with that's kind of particular to them, and they sure would love filling out help filling out those forms, or just help with the business advice. Yeah, right. Mm. It's like, not even filling out forms. It's like, what happens if you know the regulations change? What am I might have to do on my back end process? Like, help me with that. So you've expanded what you do. Like, you don't say, "I'll do your accounting, your taxes, and your payroll." You'll go broad with them. You're like, yeah, let's talk about what you should price that bottle for. Yeah, absolutely. If, and if you'll that's talk about marketing. Want. I mean, you even talk about marketing with them. Uh huh. Yeah. Why do you think you can charge them to talk about marketing? You're an accountant. Because I put a dollar amount on it. Whoa. What do you like mean every, by that? Everything that you do in your business affects your profit. Everything you do. So I can talk to a client about marketing and I can put a dollar amount on that. So if you're not like I can say you're not doing an email list. And if you were doing an email list, here's how much you could expect to get off those people. Nice. You could turn a six dollar lead into a hundred and fifty dollar customer. 
Well, like, and that's profit in your pocket. Yeah. That's awesome. That is a trip. So you so you're you're not fearful of expanding in the areas you're you don't know as much about. You'll just learn as you you sell it. Right. I mean, what's the fun of just entering information into QuickBooks for the rest of your life? That's not fun. <laughs> I mean, you actually want to go to the brewery and help them figure out how to get money out of this fun business. Right. I want them to make money so that they can hire more people because the economic impact, let's talk about, you yep. know, so they can hire more people so that they can have more money in their pocket to go have fun things to do. Right. So that they can put more money into making a better product. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Because they're because they're following their passion too, and you, right. you're you're helping people uh, realize their dreams. Right. You're a, you're 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 a you're a dream come true facilitator. I. <laughs> okay. All right. That should that should be on your business card. Okay. I'm true facility. There you go. All right. We're, we're out of time, but I got to ask another question. Okay. It's my last question. What part of your content marketing do you want to improve that you feel like you're lacking? The part that I need to improve is the email side of it. Ah. Mm. Meaning you need to send out more emails or more focused or what? Ah. Uh, all of it. Okay. Like so you're I not sure. Not. Sounds like you're not sure really how to use email the right way. Well, I'm sending out a generalized email newsletter and I have the email automation, but I feel like I could be doing more with it. Yeah. Like you want it to convert people more quickly? Or is that? I want people to sign up quicker without me having to tell them to sign up. Mm. Mm-hmm. I want them to, I need to figure out a way to get the people that aren't opening my emails to open my emails. Mm. That's a biggie. And if mm. they are opening the emails to click through to the site, to my site, to get what I'm telling them to click to. Gotcha. Wow. Okay. So golly, it just gets all right. So this content marketing, this inbound marketing strategy just gets I said this was the last question, but this is the last question. It seems like it gets more and more complicated. Like there's always something to work on. So would you say to somebody listening, you got to get started. First thing you should do is fill in the blank. What what's the first thing they got to do? The first thing they should be doing is doing a blog. Okay. Okay. Cuz that's going to if you're doing it I'm going to, if you're doing it right, then it's going to help get organic traffic to your site. People will search for you and find you. That's the number one thing. Then worry about your paid content. Cool. Okay. Excellent. Wow. Okay. So that's, I was going to ask you what paid content is, but we don't have time. So. <laughs> You're gonna you'll have to Google it. There you go. All right. Aaron, you rock. This is amazing. I can't believe so, all the stuff you're doing is blowing my mind. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. having me on, you guys. Okay. It was it was our pleasure. Go, go, go. It's it's like uh four thirty AM in uh the Dells, Oregon. <laughs> so we'll we'll let you get to that pot of coffee you have brewing. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, bye bye.
That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Aaron, Aaron Rue. I mean, she schooled she, us, man. She did. And, and uh, you know, and it was one of those things when she said that she had a background in marketing and PR. It was like, like oh. I was like, you cheater. You cheated, <laughs> woman. But, but again, but that's why she's rocking it so much. And that's why we can learn so much stuff from her. Again, if you, uh, there's going to be some stuff in the show notes about the different sites and the different resources that were listed in here. I yeah. do not think that there's going to be a link to Texas Roadhouse and their call ahead uh, seating options. So don't, <laughs> you'll have to figure that out on, on yeah, your that, own. That, that number is different for each city that you'll be listening <laughs> it, in from. So It is. We want to thank again our sponsors, uh, Avalara. Go check them out if you haven't. Uh, probably, probably you're already uh, buying their their stuff and doing their thing. But if you're not, you're uh, you're behind the curve. You need to get on board right. with Avalara. They're going to help you and they're going to help your customers. Avalara.com. Yep. And then you can also go to Zoho Books to use their beautiful double entry online cloud based accounting uh, software. So if I say online and cloud based, it's that's redundant. Kinda. That's kind of redundant. It, I think it, you know, those are saying the same thing. But so, that's okay. Yeah, it's zoho.com slash books or books uh, dot zoho dot com. Right. Uh, but see, I could I could say that that you're that you're a good looking, attractive man and <laughs> you know, it's not it's not stupid. <laughs> so I mean it's maybe redundant, but it's, it's right. It's, um <laughs> it's not dumb it's you know hey, if, it's if, stating if, the obvious multiple times. If our listeners want to know how to get get a hold of you, <laughs> you attractive, good looking man, how would they how would they find you on the internet? Probably Twitter's the best way, which is Jason M. Blummer altogether. And Greg, people should follow you to see all the funny stuff you read, the content, you social pushing. Yes, social push. Social, wait, so how do they how do they follow you? They uh, they can they can follow me at uh, at Greg Kite uh, on the Twitter Kite with a Y, not with an I, because my ancestors were horrible spellers. Um, just just like me, just like you. So that's it. Episode fifty two. We got it in the can. People come back uh, next month for our live episode from Deeper Weekend. If you're not already signed up for Deeper Weekend, go to Thrival.com. Get yourself signed up. As a matter of fact, you probably this is this is the last uh, episode of the Thrivecast you're going to hear before the live episode. Right. Uh, so it's kind of your last chance to do that. And, uh, and then the month after that, we're going to have our secret stash, which is full of some sweet stuff, including some additional uh, brain uh, scrapings from Aaron Rue. So you're going to want to check that out as well. Brain so, scrapings. Uh, brain scrapings. That sounds gross, man. And, uh, okay. Hey. Thank you for being with us. We'll see you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.